This episode is brought to you by the Freeze Pipe. Uh, Freeze Pipe is basically a small American-owned company. Um, online smoke shop that makes a unique line of freezable bongs, bubblers, glass pipes, and more. These thick glass pieces all feature various combinations of glycerin coils, which work to cool the smoke down by over 300 degrees. Freeze pipes have ice cold, extremely smooth hits, freezes quickly and stays frozen. A removable honeycomb style bowl for easy ash and packing, no spilling, nasty mess, or high upkeep associated with larger water bongs. Also, make sure to use promo code ROGERS for a discount. You are now listening to the best show in the universe The Anthony Rogers Show. You probably wish that this was your show, but it's not. It's The Anthony Rogers Show. Tell all of your friends to listen to this show. Welcome back to the greatest show in the entire universe. Uh, today we have a huge guest. Um, he shouldn't even be here. The show's beneath him. Uh, this is uh, Casey Jost. Uh, how are you doing, man? Good. I, that's, uh, what, that's one of my favorite intros of all time. It has to be. It's, it's more honest. I think if you produced Impractical Jokers, you, shouldn't, you should have said no to this. Like, uh, your, your agent's going to be really pissed that you're here right now. Uh, yeah, my an agent I don't have is going to be really pissed once she finds out that uh, that I I have been working all this time without her. <laughs> well, the, oh, thanks, man, for real though for coming on here. All joking aside, shit. Like, uh, so, um, how long have you been in comedy? Like, more so. Um, you know, it's it's weird. I I, I I've been like working. I've had like a decent job since like uh, two thousand and um, what year was that? Two thousand eleven or yeah, two thousand ten. Um, I think is when I, I, you know, I got my first like comedy gig. So it's, I guess it's like 11 years in terms of like having a job in comedy, but then I've been doing like kind of improv or stand up stuff for since like high school, kind of. That's awesome. So you started like that young. That's crazy. Were you doing like shows and shit like that age? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, in like uh seventh or eighth grade, my parents were like, you should, you guys are, you know, to me and my brother, you like, you guys are, um, you know, creative. You guys should do like like a theater thing. And so we did like a community theater thing every summer and uh, it was so fun. And and one time we did like improv games and that's when I had like the most fun because I got to like say whatever I wanted to. And that kind of has led, that's that kind of started it all. Aside from, you know, like in school, you just have fun making your friends laugh. And I always wanted to chase that thing too. That's interesting. I'm like, it's funny when I say comedy, I always think stand-up comedy. And then like, I, I forget there's other forms of comedy. Like, uh, like you're like naming like a theater kind of thing. That's like, I forget there's like literally like thousands of different like genres of comedy, subgenres. Or I know. No, I know. I, I mean, I, I definitely always kind of think of myself as like a stand-up last or, you know, I've done it a good amount, but like I started more with like improv and sketch and just like, you know, like doing the plays and stuff. I, I would never really wanted the lead. I always wanted like a weird, side character that had like a few lines but you could like make it the best but in the meantime you could just like talk to the other kids in the in the play backstage and have fun and like fuck around huh. oh we can't cost you on this show um oh i'm so sorry dude i'm just i'm just messing around uh. <laughs> <laughs> i was like i was like oh man because i've also like done a bunch of stuff with like mormons and I, i'm like whenever i have to i like i'm really i really try to not do it so i I, I, I was like, I brought back all those feelings. And I saw your face and I felt bad. So to tell you, I was like, I was like, <laughs> but usually I'll, I'll mess with some people. Like, all right, we gotta, we're going to start over. We're going <laughs> to so take, take the show from the top right now. Um, we can't have this as a Christian show. 
Um, I love that bit. That's funny, man. Uh, but dude, so uh, people were, I posted some thing on like Facebook, like uh, asking people what, what they'd be interested in like uh, talking to as a producer of, uh, I mean, that show is huge, man. Practical Joke is fucking huge. So I was asking people, most people were just asking if they could have a job. Like, like, hey, can I have a job? Like, they had no actual, they're like, they had no, like, actual, like, uh, what was it like to blah, blah, blah. Like, no, no, like, man, <laughs> can, I, can I work with them? Can I have a job? <laughs> it was like, yes. that was, that the was answer's fun. yes. Give me their, get, get me their emails. They okay. all have jobs. Okay, every one of you are hired. Yeah, retirement plans, everything. We, yeah, he's doing it today, right now. I hopefully, it's, hopefully, they'll accept a position that's higher than my own. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. So what is it like being on like a hit show or uh, producing like a hit show and stuff like and working with those guys and stuff like uh, it's crazy. I mean, it's changed every year, although the same like like the last like four years or so, it's kind of in a good way, um, like leveled out or something in terms of of, uh, you know, the, the way we tackle the show, although, it, you know, it changed completely during COVID in terms of production. But um, what I mean is in the beginning, it was just like a startup show for a network that bar- like that barely existed it had just switched from court tv to true tv and there were all these kind of weird reality shows like there was two different tow truck reality shows lizard lick towing and um so, uh, south beach tow and and the, and a show called bait car where they like make a car with like um cameras in it and people steal it like like the car and then like they control the car so then we were like oh okay so this show this network wants to do this comedy show that the you know the four guys pitched and we're like it's a weird network but like we're not going to say no to to doing our television show somewhere um and then you know it was like really small budget our budget's never huge, but it was just like tough. Like everybody had to do everything. And then we would get notes back that sometimes we agreed with, sometimes we disagreed with. So it was really hard at, at the beginning. And then after a while, I think everybody learned each other's sense of humor and what worked. And we just kept doing things like that and refining it. Um, and so I think like by the time season three or four came around or definitely like four, we were like, okay, we, we're going to have a couple more seasons. So we could be a little bit more comfortable with, with like, you know, cause at the end of every season, you're like, I hope we get renewed for another season. But the last couple we've been like, Oh, it seems like we're, we're probably going to get renewed. This is great. That's all. How many seasons has, has there been? It's 10. We're in season not Oh, sorry. We're in season nine. It's been 10 years, a little over cause of COVID, but, um, and we're in season nine. Season nine is taking a long time because you know, we have to you start and stop and start and stop based on protocols and stuff. That's crazy, man, to think about like how many years that it's been. Like, uh, um, it's like, yeah, it's like I, I'm like 36 uh, this year. So it's been, I mean, a, a big part of my life, like like a decade of my life. No, I imagine. I, I always like call this show like uh, like like Jackass for adults. Like almost, yeah. <laughs> like almost. It's like, it is, it's, yeah. it's like stunt based and not not as like teenager esque, you know? <laughs> yeah, but it, it's it's a funny it's funny you say that because it is a similar structure in that like in Jackass they'd be like you know like hey I'm Johnny Knoxville and this is like the 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 bowling balls for your nuts or whatever <laughs> and we kind of do that and then you see it and then our shows like that too they're like hey today we're at the dentist office and you know so it is in a way I think like that show broke the mold in terms of like making a structure to just loose challenges we you know we in our show we call them challenges but like these skits and stuff but uh yeah i love that show growing up no yeah for sure and, and it's almost like a mature version of that and like uh and like I, I see like you guys have the same problems like uh as like tom green had when he got too big like uh like everybody starts to recognize those people probably right like i like i mean they're yeah. fucking huge i mean i imagine so i mean it's hard to pull yeah. that joke anymore because like everybody knows him almost yeah, well, that's like the number one question we get. Like, how do you guys keep doing the show? And it's the answer is like, 
there's going to be someone who doesn't know it. It's New York City where we film, and there's oh, just okay. so many people who that they're going to be. There's going to be people who haven't seen it. Like you know, as big as the show is, it's not a network TV show. We don't get like accolades or awards. <laughs> like it's not like a like a buzzworthy show. It's like it's great fans that are like that spread spread the word like word of mouth, and um, it's it's you know it's kind of it's it's not a cult hit because it's not I don't think it's like quote unquote like cool enough to be like a a DIY cult hit, but it's it's something that like you know the people who like it love it, and then there's a lot of people who have never heard of it. I wish more people, because I'll meet people and be like, uh, you know, they'll be like, what do you do? And I'm like, I work on this show called Impractical Jokers, and they don't know what it is. And I'm like, okay, no big deal. I, I guess that's good for my show. That's hilarious. Like, I never thought about that. I, I live in the Midwest where, like, pretty much everyone's heard of your show, I feel like, at this point. But, but being New York City is interesting. Is like, yeah, there's so many tourists, and, like, it's an international hub. To where, like, yeah, that makes, that makes way more sense. And those people are, like, just working all the time because their rent's too high, you know? Yeah. I mean, there are people who don't even have like TVs. They read books and, or if they do have a TV, they, you know, it's like they have like an Apple TV and they, you know, they just have Netflix or something. A lot of people don't have cable, so they don't see it. And now it's on like, it's on HBO max, but you'd have to like, you know, select it among like, you know, thousands of things. So yeah, the chances are higher that people know it, but like you said, like living like in New York city, when we have traveled to do like other episodes and other places, it's even harder than it is in New York. Like you said, like the Midwest and stuff. Um, yeah, there's all these like, you know, snooty New Yorkers that haven't heard of it. I have friends that don't watch it. And I'm like, you're my friend. <laughs> That's a, yeah, everybody's too cool to support their friends. Like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> they rather, rather support strangers and their ideas. But, uh, <laughs> but no, it's crazy. Like, um, like it's, I mean, did you guys expect, you, you didn't expect going into it that this would be like, I, mean, I think this is kind of, I do think this is a big show. Like, uh, like um, you don't, like, did you go, you didn't go into this expecting this to be like a hit. You're just like, this is like a job I'm showing up to or something. Or did you know these oh, guys yeah. before or something or like more or less? I knew, I knew one of the, the four guys before. I, I mean, I knew, I knew of all four of them because they were kind of doing stuff. They were, they were from Staten Island where I'm from. And like I had said, like I had been doing comedy for a long time. Um, I had known that they were doing it successfully. Like they were creating pilots and getting them picked up, but then they wouldn't go to series. They, they had made a, like, you know, two to three other either sketch shows or other shows that didn't get greenlit, but they, it's big enough. I mean, like, uh, you know, to get a pilot, even if it's just a script or even if it's just, just they film a pilot is a huge success in the industry. Cause there's, you know, millions of people trying the same thing. So they've, they, they, you know, they flew close to the sun. Um, and then, so when it got picked up though, I think we all thought we might get a season or two, and then we'd have to move on to other things, but that's just like, uh, you know, another credit on your list of things. And then you move on and you do some other stuff. That's kind of how it works for a lot of people. Like in this industry, especially like a, like a producer role, like something I do, you kind of like Spider-Man swing from job to job. And it's, it's, you know, nerve wracking, but you just meet the right people and you could kind of get in there and whatever project they're working on, they bring you on or vice versa. So that's what I thought that this show would be. And I, I, I mean, I, I, it's, it's in my wildest dreams. I wouldn't imagine that it, I would have like 10 years of, of work like this and, you know, on one show that you could really sink your teeth into. So in that way, it's just been, it's a dream come true. Um, you know, I, I'm not one to be like, oh, you know, it's, I, you know, like the, the accolades, like so many people like it. I'm just happy that I've been able to work and like work on a show that I really like with people I really like. You know, because there's been times like you work on a show that you're like, I don't really love the show, but I need a job, but I'll do my best and try to elevate it. But this show has just been so much fun for years. 
That's crazy. Congrats on your success, man. That's that's awesome. I think like thank uh, you. Everybody kind of wants that. Um, so uh, do you do you help write jokes and come up with skits and stuff, or like what what is your like thing more or less like like you uh, what do you do there, man? Yeah, it, it's confusing sometimes to people because they're like, well, I thought it's just like all made up on the spot. And to be honest, like 80% of it is. But we have to, you know, we come up with a lot of like the challenges. So, you know, aside from just like, we're going to go to the dentist office, like, you know, they play games in the supermarket, like we'll come up with those. We come up with a lot of punishments and we'll be like, okay, like who should we pitch this to? So I have an idea for a punishment, you know, and I go to Joe Gatto and I'm like, hey, I have this idea. I think it would be good for Sal, but it could work for Murr. And then we'll talk it out and sometimes bring it to another guy he'll be like, all right, I'll talk to Q and see what Q says. So it's a lot of like conspiring against your bosses and lying to your bosses and keeping secrets and then going to different ones. Uh, that's the most fun. <laughs> uh, but then also there's just sometimes like we'll come up with like some stock fun, big punishments that are like, oh, this could be good for two guys. And so like if they kind of know about it, but they don't know all the specifics, you know, they could approve it. You know, that's kind of like the, the process. Um, and then from time to time, you know, we come up with the fake products. If it's like the, when they're pitching fake products or, or fake show names, fake, uh, fake names for challenges, like we'll, we'll help generate stuff because the guys are busy and they're always filming. So we're like in an office, me and the other, you know, producers, and we're coming up with a lot of ideas to have, you know, and run it. And we're always kind of thinking of their voice and that's kind of the job. Do you ever just like die laughing, like watching it come to fruition when you like, uh, after you write it and stuff like, Oh Yeah. <laughs> that's what i yeah. figured yeah just writing like shit you think's funny and then like watching it on tv is crazy it's a it's 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 a real gas <laughs> i don't know how to describe it it's like it is fun like you know you come up with a bit and you're like i don't know how it's gonna go because the other side of it is sometimes you come up with something and it bombs and you're like oh god i wrote that <laughs> um but when it does hit you're just you're just so happy you're just like oh man that's crazy and uh yeah it, it's a connection there you know and it's it's fun. I've I, I've also like watched the show with the guys, and that's fun too because they're watching themselves do this thing and being like, "Oh, that was so dumb! I can't believe I had to do it." So it's fun to it's yeah it's it's fun. That's interesting. Like, uh, you guys don't seem like you drink that much or anything. Are you guys not like uh, are you guys partiers or not much? No, you know, we like, drink what? too much. I mean, we all we all probably drink too much, but you, not- you ask it better. You don't seem like drunks. That's that's interesting. You like you guys don't seem like mm. like most comedians are like getting fucked up on like somehow like. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't assume you guys drink that much. That's crazy. Well, you know, Joe Gatto does not drink. Um, he, he's just never drank his whole life. Uh, so he doesn't drink, but he seems the most drunk. If you go, if you go out with him, he's like the most wild. Cause he's like trying to entertain himself in another way. And he has like no social awkwardness. Um, and then like probably Q would be like the biggest drinker, but also could can drink the most, you know? So it's like, he'd have to drink a lot for you to be like, he's drunk. I think Murr and Sal is somewhere in between. Sal can handle a lot too. He was a bartender for a long time, so he could drink. So Murr, I think, is like, let's do shots, and like he, you know, he could. You could tell that he's a little drunk, and you know, he he's, he'll get to a point where he's just like, I love you, man, you know. Um, <laughs> but then the crew drinks even more than them, and more often, like the crew is like, oh, you know, we're done with the shoot, great, and then there's they're they're drinking, and that's that's the kind of the camaraderie and the fun part of this this show too. But yeah, I, I wouldn't say to say like anybody's like it's getting in the way of any work. I don't think that's the case. Well, yeah, I think adults can manage stuff, but it, but no, yeah, it's just funny. Like uh, mo- I I know a lot of comedians, and pretty much all of them get fucked up. And I, I didn't I didn't assume you guys did. You guys you guys seem more with it like than like uh and like fast and stuff. You know, like so I didn't I didn't know. Yeah, like, yeah. Just a weird question. I feel like though, honestly. No, no, I, I think it makes sense. I I definitely. Yeah. I mean, I still I drink a good amount, but like I definitely 
drank a lot more when I was like 20 coming up and like doing stand up and improv like all over the city because it's just the nature of that world the difference is once I started like getting jobs and I had to get up like at like 8 a.m or 9 a.m I was like okay it doesn't feel good when I've just been drinking all week but it you still do it you just try to sleep a little earlier <laughs> that's funny man um, you just like try to start drinking at like seven so that you could go to bed by like 12 or one and get a good night's sleep that's what growing up is like that's what it is it's just drinking earlier <laughs> that's hilarious man where do you see this kind of going like the show like um, is it gonna be like movies like tour i mean they're already doing tours and stuff like what do you i mean this is like a machine at this point like where do you where do you kind of see it going i guess i see it has already gone to the places it's gone like they've had a cruise they have a tour they've had wow. a movie they've had they've i mean i could see i could see maybe yeah they, they did a movie like um it came out in like like 2020 not all of the crew got to work on it i got to be in it but i didn't really like work on it um but it was i mean because we were working on the show at the same time kind of uh you know they've done all this stuff so i i think like the next step would be maybe like side projects like it you know the creators of impractical jokers like bring you this i i I hope to see like offshoots that are just as good just different um and that could be like a fun way to to branch out and to take it to other levels uh and I'm not saying like the next show is going to be like, it's going to go from jackass to like uh, the Bam Margera reality show. <laughs> but I just think like it, it's something in the tone of impractical jokers will, will kind of spread out to do other things. That makes sense. Uh, how do people usually react when you tell me work on this? Like, like just in your daily life, like if they know the show, then they're usually like a big fan of it. It's funny though. Like, um, it, it ranges. Like I, I might tell somebody who doesn't know and it's just kind of like, Oh cool. Like I think I've heard of it or, Oh, what, what's that? Um, and then if someone does know, they're like, Oh, that's awesome. Like, I love that show. Or like, you know, like, Oh my, my friends like are obsessed with that show. I can't wait to tell them. Um, so it, it ranges. My favorite one recently is like, I have, I have some friends with like kids that, and the kids are like getting to like the age of like eight or something. And they're like, Oh man, like, you know, one of my friends, cash and mccashes is the kid and uh and uh, my friend rachel was like cash is obsessed with the show so he's just finding it so that's fun to watch the show rewatch the show through like his eyes and now he has questions and he's like my favorite guy is this guy so it's really fun to see like new audiences of like younger kids that are getting to an age where they watch it the other weird thing is since it's been around for 10 years there's people who are like i used to watch that show in high school and i'm like you're like 24 now are you kidding me what the hell like how can this be how can the show be on that long it makes you feel old but I guess that's what Seinfeld felt, felt like at some point. No, yeah, like lasting in like pop culture like that. Like it's like it's like yeah, film could keep. I mean, from like Lucille Ball on, like film could keep you like fucking ageless, you know. And like, that, that, mm. like I, I had uh, I had Tommy Chong on the other day, and I and during the interview, I found out he was eighty three. Like I had no, I, I was just like like he's like a time. It's like an example of like timelessness, you know. It's like yeah, it was, it was, I'm like you forget like like celebrities and like stars and like entertainers get old get old. You know, it's weird to think about. Yeah. You like watch them yeah, grow. Right. People have grown with you guys for like 10 years. It's kind of interesting to think about, you know, it's like, like the people watching are part of that energy and network as well. You know, it's crazy to think about like, uh, like that's huge. Yeah. It's really crazy. It's crazy also to think like how it's going to influence because it is big enough that it will influence in some way, like another show. 
So I, I will start to For see, sure. and I don't mean like in a copycat way, but like you will see stuff that's like, oh, this is just like Impractical Jokers, but with blank, like with kids, with women, like whatever it is. It's like, it's going to be, it's going it, to, you know, like that always happens. Like you have like an American Idol and then you get the voice and then you get whatever else. So there, because it's a format. So it'll be interesting to see how the format gets repeated. Dude, yeah, and it's like a, it's like the Beatles of the Beatles still got along, you know. Like, like they mm-hmm. had that energy, like that that like uh, yeah. energy energy you saw the Beatles have with like Hamburg, Germany, and all that shit, and playing together. It's like really mm-hmm. weird. They all they all play off each other really really well, and I think that's I mean that's super important. And a lot of people when they get that kind of like um like I guess um success, like they just argue with each other and they think that they're the one, you know, like I'm the I'm the one that does this. And, <laughs> you know, I don't feel like I see that through like other show. They all seem like kind of humble. Like you seem really humble for a show how big it is. You know, it's like. It's kind of interesting to think about, like, 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 and I guess what success is is like maintaining that. Yeah. You know? This episode is brought to you by Above Ground Level Discs. This is a family-owned disc golf manufacturer and is rapidly growing and expanding the product line. If you're an avid disc golfer or have been curious about giving it a try, head over to agldisc.com. Use promo code Best Show to save 10% on your order. Again, that's agldisc.com and promo code Best Show to save 10%. They, I mean, they got their TV show when they were like 35 years old. Um, so, so like they, they've like they've become people. They, you know what I mean? Like anybody who gets like famous above 30 is usually like a pretty normal person, unless they were, you know, out to lunch beforehand. But like they were just, you know, they were also like a lot of them were working regular jobs. Like Q was a firefighter, so like in the back of his head anytime he starts to be like a little bit of a diva, he could just picture the firehouse making fun of him for it. No, it's interesting. Yeah. Keeping the people around you real too. I think that's important, man. Like, yeah, for sure. It's crazy. Like, uh, yeah, I guess you guys did take true TV. I mean, you guys are probably one of the bigger shows on that network. I'd say, right. Like, uh, yeah, I, they- I mean, I, I definitely think like, because our show worked and they kept it around, it greenlit so many other shows that are like in, in the comedy space, like an Adam ruins everything or uh, whatever else. And um, I think like it, it, it did change the trajectory of the network to kind of do more comedy because it was doing more reality or like hybrid stuff. So they really went all out with it. So it's kind of, it's kind of fun to see that too. Yeah. That's like a big network now. I mean, I think like the, you guys like are kind of responsible for blowing that up probably like it's like, uh, it's like South park with uh, comedy central, you know what I mean? Mm, mm. Like, yeah think- that's that's definitely like a show that's been on for like i think it's like 17 or 18 seasons it's crazy dude yeah that, that shit, speaking of that shit, it's always funny when like somebody like 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 old like loves that show i liked it as, like, in like sixth grade you know i kind of grew out of it but like i'll see i'll see people like be like 50 or 60 be like man i love that show and i'm like it's just it's just so funny to me that it's become like uh like just so ingrained in culture i guess it's crazy yeah going back to like what we we're even talking about with like our show is like a, a small amount of time compared to shows like South Park. Or I, I mean, I can't even believe the Simpsons is still going. It's like, I, I, I used to watch it, but I haven't watched it in like, I haven't watched it in 20 years, I think. Yeah. At and this it's point. Still, and it's still doing well. Like, I, like without us watching, I haven't watched it either probably. And I haven't watched the show in a while. So it's like, but no, like 10 years is still huge. I mean, I think it's a landmark in like, and like, I think it's a landmark in like uh success. I think that shows that, you know, it's like, that's it. And people are still watching it. It's not like a thing that's gone down or anything. You probably got got more popularity like snowballing through the years, like to, to where, like, yeah. from, from my perspective of just like, I mean, like uh, of traveling the United States type thing. Like, it seems like every, like most people know about the show. I feel like it's weird. People knew. I wonder how many people are telling you that they don't watch it because they're like insecure, like or jealous or type thing. Like, like, oh no, I've never even heard of that. You know, like because it's like a that's like one of the biggest shows. I mean, literally, like it's probably one of the biggest shows right now. 
Yeah, it, it is wild. And like, I'm not really on the show, although the guys have like always had me do some like behind the scenes stuff. So yeah, yeah. it is weird. Sometimes I'll get like recognized, which always call, you know, throws me off guard because I, I mean, I, I just don't deserve it. <laughs> um, I don't think I'm on enough, but you know, people who have watched the show a lot will sometimes see me pop in uh, or if I've done like a little cameo on the show. And the other day I was like out to dinner and my wife and I were just like talking and we, there were some people next to us. We just started talking and then, you know, we were leaving and we we're like, Oh, I just introduced myself. And I was like, no, I know you from like, from jokers. And I was like, Oh wait, what? Like, I was like, Oh, you knew the whole time that we were talking. It was, it was like a surreal moment. It was very nice, but I almost prefer it that way than if they would have been like, oh, hey, like, I know you from the show. And like, I just want, you know, it's nice that it was just like an organic conversation. But it's wild, like that the reach has gone so far as to like people know who I am, like complete strangers. Like, I, it's just not a thing that I expected from producing, like working on a show that, you know, like, it'd be different if I like pick out a show picked up, and I was on TV, and you'd be like, okay, yeah, I know that guy from the thing. But it's just weird that people know of me like what I look like as the producer of the show. That doesn't happen that often. It's just a weird thing. Yeah, it is. You seem like a host. Like you seem like a, like a host of like a game show or show or something. Like, like yeah, you, got, you have that vibe, which is weird for producers. Usually producers are like, they can talk to crew and stuff, but they're not as good like public speakers, I feel like, you know? Like, like, yeah, I think, I, I think it goes back to just like doing enough stand-up and like performing or like there are even times that I've worked on the show, like a pilot, and then like they've been like, hey, Casey, can you like warm up the audience or something, you know? Like I have to just talk to the audience or do a bunch of business. Um, so I, yeah, I, I did like the, in, in high school, I did the, we did like a TV studio. So like at the morning announcements and stuff. So I had to do that. So at a young age, I always had to like present shit. Um, what, what kind of co comedians were you into like growing up and like now, I guess like too? Like at a young age, I was, uh, it was like the SNL era of like Farley and um, Adam Sandler. I loved like Jim Carrey movies, like those big personalities. And then as I got a little older, I really liked, you know, more like abstract, like, you know, like, you know, obviously like, like early, like Zach Galifianakis, like stand up um, where he's like at a piano telling like one liners, like, and yeah, kind of that like comedians, comedian thing, you know, like, you know, standups like Dan Mintz or, you know, like I love like Reggie Watts, like stuff like that too. That's like kind of outside the box. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I liked sketch. I liked, um, you know, the Chappelle show was obviously like appointment TV when I was in college, we were like, everybody had to like come into one room and watch it. Um, yeah, like I said, jackass, like Tom Green, like that stuff was big influences too. Yeah, I, I don't know, kind of all over, all over the place. Uh, I, I, my mom and my mom and dad would always show me like, kind of uh, like Steve Martin movies. I very much liked. My Blue Heaven is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a really good one. That's awesome. Check it out. Yeah, early Galifianakis was so good, man. We have that show. Like he just played piano and like do those. You're right, man. I, like he, he had such good bands on there too. And then he just like like his comedy was hilarious. Like that dude is so funny, man. Like that's crazy. Yeah, like, yeah. I was also like watching this thing about like Jack Black, and I was like, oh, I loved Jack Black, like Tenacious D stuff. Like I, yeah, yeah. I my my wife did too, and we didn't, you know, I didn't know her at the time, so we like put on the CD and we like both knew all of the all of the words like we, we knew every single cadence of every single track it was you know and I, you forget sometimes like there there are these like things that came along you know what i used to do a lot i was thinking about was uh how old are you uh, 34 
So did you have like LimeWire or Kazaa or like oh, yeah, basically yeah. Napster, that stuff? So you used to be able to download videos. And so we, I would download like comedy videos, like people doing stand-up or like the Tenacious D television show or, you know, even like, you know, I guess Chappelle show would have been, came a little later, but like stuff like that. And I remember just like, you could only get like three minute inter like intervals. Otherwise it's just running for like days until you actually get a watchable file. And I would just watch all that stuff and like watch it over and over again. It's like, that's, that's such an influence when you have to watch, when you're watching the same thing, like you're really like learning and picking it apart. No, I do that with YouTube still. Like uh, I'll just like tear mm. through YouTube. No, but yeah, no, it's crazy. Uh, yeah. It's crazy bringing up like composite. That's like a fucking like distant that was a distant memory of that like thinking about all and i wish i would have been into comedy then i just downloaded music man like that sounds so much more useful like getting comedy clips like that yeah i i, I was i mean i was mostly there for the music it's also like smaller files but i i think there was like certain i loved like mitch hedberg i used to Ooh. download a lot of mitch hedberg stuff and just like watch He's that great. and it always was that thing i was young so i was just like why is he like this i didn't understand that he was doing drugs <laughs> i just was like this guy's so unique um yeah, I think he had like um like re really bad stage fright and like uh so he would do like uh I mean it led to heroin but I mean it would do you do like opiates for the anxiety I mean I guess like and like I mean but his one liners man like that dude would have a, an entire set of one liners like mm -hmm. that's like insane like to think of, like, I mean you have to be doing that for years I mean to to to, to perfect that almost like he's like I think about that kid. all the time yeah like him or like Stephen Wright you know oh or, yeah um, yeah yeah Dude, Stephen Wright's like, great to do an hour of one-liners yeah. that's like 1000 jokes you have to you i mean like maybe not 1000 but i wonder how many it is it's like to fill up an hour is probably like 500 jokes that's that's so much to you know and i'm sure you you know once you write a few you know and jesselnick is like this a little bit too there are these people who yeah. have like really short beautifully concise jokes it's almost like a, a stand up monologue at like a, that a, a late night host would do but it's better. I don't know. It's not, it doesn't have to be topical. It could just be about weird things. Yeah. I think Stephen Wright and Mitch Hedberg were probably the best at that. Like the one liner thing, like constant mm -hmm. too. I mean, and you have to test those. I mean, you can't just like, I mean, I mean, I mean, I imagine some come and just hit like no matter what, but you have to like test that for a while. I mean, those guys had to do a lot of work for that. I think, man. And then like Andy Kaufman had like the opposite approach. I, I watched him do sets to where he, he just thinks the crowd for his entire set. <laughs> like literally that's like, he's literally doing nothing but it's working like the way he does it works it's like yeah. it's like it's like insanely smart like those are both like brilliant on different ends i think like he does the least amount of work to make you laugh i think and whereas like other those other guys were like doing the most amount you know we used to be able to mess around like um at there was a bar that sal was a bartender and you know that's how we became friends i would just like sit at the bar and we talk about comedy because I, I would go up and do stand-up you know at certain nights or I, I played music for a long time i mean i still do and I, my band would play there all the time and he'd book us um but for like the stand-up sets you could really just mess around with new material and i used to do stuff from like read i would read like google like our yelp reviews of the bar that we were in you know what <laughs> i mean i would like that's hilarious so, but I, I would you know or just neighboring places and stuff but i i one set i just went up and i said nothing like i just <laughs> stood there and said nothing like one of those things and it was just so wild like what that feels like and and the audience is like like it, the range of emotions where people are like, find it funny. They don't find it funny. They hate it. It's funny again. Like you have to hold out. And then I think I just said like a one liner or something and got off stage, but you know, and some people were like, you ruined it by talking at the end. You should have just got off. And some people were like, no, it was perfect button, but it's just so weird to like, 
experiment. Like it's so good to have like a, like a place where you could kind of experiment with something that, I mean, imagine doing that at like a, like a set where people have paid a lot of money. It would be horrible, but maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe it's, maybe that avant-garde shit is good. All that matters is how they felt about it, man. Like, you know, like, he's like, cause like, I, th- I think Coffin sold the best. Like you just like walk, like that dude just walk in and like, like bow a bunch and be like, thank you. Thank you. And then just leave. And that'd be like his set, his entire set. And like, people would be like, they'd love it because they wanted to see something new from Coffin. You know, like, I think like, mm. it just depends on how they feel really. I mean, some people can do the same thing and like suck. Some people would be awesome at, it, you know, it's like how you sell it really, you know? It's so true. It's so about like, when the like you're almost like as you're making a set it's it's like i I don't i'm not saying i do this i should do this it's like you should think about like how they they feel on the way home and like are they like oh i like remember when this thing happened like you know like that was so you know it's like leave leave them with something is this the most important part (laughs) the funniest set i ever did like to me anyway like i'm sure like there's like a bunch of people like thought it was funnier but like my favorite like i sat in the um audience like and like booed everyone before me and then like and then like they didn't know i, they, I was just a uh, random dude in the audience as i was really young like this years ago so i sat in there booed everybody before me and then they called my name i went up there and i was like sorry about those other guys uh and i like, just like did an entire set apologizing about everybody that went before me and like the, dude bald the, the crowd loved it, but the comedians and bar hated it. Like it was like it was like a oh, bad yeah. it was a bad miss. I went, <laughs> like it was like like I just thought they'd all think no, it was a joke. Like I don't really care. I'm not emotional about that. You know what I mean? Like to where like, you know, I just thought it'd be funny. Like and they're like, those comedians still hate me probably. Like they're still like pissed about that. That's really bold. You know, I, I actually like haven't seen a stand up set in a long time because obviously COVID everything was like closed down. But then I went to a show recently because my friend Kim was performing and I hadn't seen stand-up in so long and I loved it. I had a great time because as a comedian, sometimes like you just get tired of going to see stand-up all the time because you're always doing shows and watching shows and stuff. But I haven't done anything in so long that I was like, this is incredible. I felt high. Um, But the thing that was crazy is at this venue, the owner goes up and does like five to seven minutes of stand-up after every show. So there's like two to three shows every night and he goes up last, he closes every show. It's so bizarre. It's, it's the weirdest thing I'd ever heard. Like, and presumptuous to be like, Oh, I'll, by the way, I'll close tonight. Like I'll, I'll go up last. And he's like, not good enough. He's good. It was not even bad. I don't even like want to talk shit because he's not bad, but it's just so strange. And it's good that he's getting reps. But if I was him, I'd be like, Hey, it would it be cool if I went up like somewhere in the middle? Can I get five minutes? But he's like almost demanding that he goes last on every set. I've never heard of it. It's crazy. If it's all, if it's like an Andy Kaufman bit, like I, I think it's genius, but otherwise it's like it's so presumptuous and crazy. That guy sounds like he started a bar just to close comedy, you know? I think That's so. Like, I think I mean, it's, you know, partially. And you can't even argue it because like, yeah, yeah, it's annoying, but like you can't even argue like, well, it's your bar, I guess. You can literally do whatever, don't like, you know what I mean? It's, like, it's, it's so weird. You can't even defend that. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck? That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah people, it's wild. People, that's hilarious man yeah it's been um comedy is fun man like the stand-up aspect of it like that shit's always fun man like i like i like your style too like the how like the um like what is it they call it like is this is this like skit and improv comedy like what would you classify it it's almost like i don't like my brain just wants to subgenre everything i don't know like what would you i don't know i it's you know because it's it's hidden camera i would say like it's like hidden camera comedy but it's not like pranks they're really not pranks because if anyone's getting pranked it's the guys who have to say or do weird stuff like the jokers are the ones it's like a reverse prank show but 
I think it's like actually situational comedy because the situation is it's real life and they have to do this weird thing. So I, I don't know. I guess hidden camera comedy is what is the best name, but I always try to think of it as like, what's the most inappropriate or the, most, the weirdest thing to say in this environment? Yeah, as you have like, um, like I mentioned, the jackass kind of format, and then you have like the, um, you have like a Benny Hill kind of thing, and like a candid camera kind of thing. It's a lot, mm -hmm. a lot of very successful shows mixed into one, and like, and I think like honestly, like the, like, like in film or like cinema or like TV show or whatever, man, I think like um, the chemistry is like the most important thing ever, and I think that that's what that's what they're selling basically. Like that's what you guys are selling is their is their chemistry is friends really, and I think that like in a world where people are kind of probably isolated and lonely, this is almost like a simulator for them. Like oh, that's like I have a friend like that or ah blah, you know, it's like. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like, I mean, it's a weird and dark kind of thing to say, but I do think it, it works like that almost. That's the, that's almost the attachment of some people, I think, you know? Yeah. I, you know, to have any show get picked up, there's, it has to be like a lot of forces like working at once. It's definitely like, you know, the time period, it's the, it's what else has been on, uh, like how polished it is. But then the things that I think were really big is the format's very clear. There's like challenges and whoever loses those challenges gets punished. And then it's their camaraderie, like those, those four guys. I think if you, you, you could never really, like, it's, it's so important that the cast is these friends. If it was just people or like, they, actually, been, there have been copycat shows. There was one called Money from Strangers, where it was on MTV, where it was basically the same thing, like a, a group of comedians that change out every episode tell a person and they can win money if they do and say, you know, just like jokers, but it didn't last long. It's, you know, because it was new people all the time, but with Joker, you like develop, you know, what the characters are like. And so everything kind of hits different, you know, um, because you know, Oh, he, Sal's afraid of cats. And so they're going to make him do this. So you develop like these personality traits. And so you can keep hitting those things and it, the audience loves it. I think, I think the vulnerabilities as well. Cause like, um, cause I don't think people want to see somebody straight face everything. They want to see that like, this is hard for these guys to do it, man. Like I like just straight face certain things. Like I could actually use a challenge and they think it's hilarious. And I think, I think there's so much that just works, man. I think that you guys, you guys hit on like gold that like, I mean, like, like that comes around like very rarely, you know, I think like that in like, in, um, in television alone, you know, I think everybody's trying to make a hit in television. And like, I think like you guys hit on a lot of things and it seems like you guys got a good machine going, dude, honestly. Yeah, I, I, I always say like, it's, it's crazy. Like there's little decisions that they made early on. Cause Sal showed me the show. Cause I worked on the pilot, but I, I just did some music for the pilot. Like the original theme song was just really small. I couldn't really work on it. Um, like the, the, the whole, sh you know, the, the show. Uh, so before it got picked up though, Sal showed me an edit. They were like, we're about to send this to the network. Because uh, they had done like a little reel of what they what they think the show would be like first. So that's called like, let's say that's called the sizzle, they call it. So they sent a sizzle to the network. Network's like, short. Sure, here's some money to do a pilot. You do a pilot and it goes to series. That's just how it goes. But in between the pilot and series phase, before they submitted it, they showed me. And I said to Sal, I was like, we should get rid of this format. Like, why do you have this like challenge that goes to a punishment? Just do funny stuff. Why do you have to do thumbs up, thumbs down? I, what is this? I just didn't like it. Cause I was just, you know, I'm used to like shows that just are funny, like make it a like almost like a sketch show. And Sal was like, yeah, you know, the network really likes this format. They think like it will get viewers to be like rooting for each guy for different episodes and different reasons. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it, but I don't really love it. But that's the thing. That's the hook. That's why people keep coming back. People are like, like fans of the show, like tally up, like how many losses throughout the whole series there have been for Joe or for Sal. It's like it, it created this kind of cult of personnel or this cult of show because it's, it's got this game in it. 
And uh, I, I, you know, I was wrong. I was dead wrong. No, it's it's honestly it's honest that you and uh, I mean honest and awesome that you can admit that because I think that's what um I think that's what leads to growth and just being awesome. I mean, like like just being be humble enough to be like, oh, I can be wrong and still do awesome shit. You know, it's like and like grows yeah. you can grow every time you're wrong. I think it's very think, easy. I'm always I'm always wrong. I'm always a little <laughs> bit wrong. It's good. Well, most people can't admit that. I feel like their pride won't let them. So I think that's an interesting mm-hmm. like thing psychologically. And it's probably I mean it's probably a lot of your wiring of why you're successful is because like you can be like okay, bad idea, good idea, blah. You know, I think that's uh, I, I almost saw that when you're saying that. It's a, it was a good vibe. I think man, it was weird. I think I, I think I'm less successful. I'm just easy to bring along. <laughs> so I I, don't, I think like the that's guys know it. it's. That's fucking. Yeah. That's fucking. Most of it is being likable, man. Like, see, I like, I, like, I tw- like touring, especially, man. Like, I'd be, I'd be touring with other acts, and they're fucking terrible to be in a car with, man. You know, what I mean, I think mm. like that's. I mean, being being talented and being likable are almost like you know, what I mean, hand in hand, and like in, in any kind of entertainment or business, really, you know. Because mm. I, I think I actually really lack drive. <laughs> I, act, <laughs> I, I lack a lot of like self drive. I'd probably be a little bit farther in my career, but luckily, I've, I've, you know, I've been. Uh, these four guys like me and have kept me around. So, and I, I think I've done good work for them. I don't want to knock myself too much, but I think, um, I think I could be a, a lot farther. So maybe one day, I mean, one day I'll wake up and have motivation. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be saying no to shows like this in no time. <laughs> oh yeah. I can't, oh, I, I cannot wait to be too big for this show. <laughs> No, I love doing that when I have like huge guests on, man. Like, and just being like, like, what the fuck are you doing here, man? Like, I, I love that. I love that concept because it's just like it creates. I don't know. I love podcasts, man. It's fun, and I appreciate you. I, th- I think it is a really funny way to start because it it's it's like disarming in a really fun way, and it's like you know what I mean. Like, you mean it as like a um like a compliment. So it's like I, I bet you like it do- works well with a lot of people you get that they're like, oh, this guy thinks I'm great. Okay, well, let's have a podcast. It's a good way to start. Well, I think building people up regardless is good. I think like right now we're in a terrible, crazy fucking time. So it's like, yeah. it's like just keep keeping everybody sane and just being like, like positive. I think it's a, it's a weird fucking time. I, th- I think we needed a Howard Stern in the eighties to, to, to cost and say titties, you know, but I think we've gone past that Pornhub being like mm. one of the most like, like, you mean like, like just like the way the world is now in entertainment. I think like, we, need, we need positivity. I think more than anything at this point, man, it's crazy. And like bringing yeah, people. I, like, I, yeah. I couldn't agree more. And just bringing everybody together, man. I think you, I think your show is like a really positive vibe. But I think like you're doing that for people. I think I think through. I mean, that's your gift to the world at this point. You know, like that's what people are. I mean, that makes people feel a way that like makes them sane. You know, it's like it's a it's a big show, dude. Like I, I, it's crazy, man. I think that's you're doing like what a lot of people dream of. I think, and it's it's impressive, man. Honestly. Yeah, it's it's definitely fun. I mean, it's 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 hard at times because it because of the hidden camera nature, um, but. And it, you know, sometimes, you know, you hit a roadblock like, uh, or, you know, or sometimes we make like an idea that's not that good and we try it and it's like kind of a stinker, but we've had so many episodes now that we're like, okay, we'll get them next time. So we're, you know, we're, we're hard on ourselves, but we, we, and we learn from those mistakes, but, um, at the same time, we're like, you know, we tried it, you know, sometimes you're going to try and fail. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been fun. I, I, I feel like the way that the show's developed too is because we're like, okay, what, what else can we do with this concept of these guys going out into public? And we've, we've really like hit our stride, I think, especially with the caveat of, of COVID being like, oh, you can only film in a certain way because of protocol. That's like almost made us think outside of this box. And we have a lot of like, really this season, we've had a lot of really fun focus group stuff. Um, you know, where you, you know, you're talking to like a group of people that have gotten tested and, you know, that we know that they don't know the show. And so they can come in and film with them. Uh, and, you know, they think it's just some sort of focus group or something. And then, you know, the surprise is whatever challenge we have. And that's been really fun to work on. But it's nice to, you know, our, our, we have like a, 
our boss, like the guy, it's called a showrunner. Uh, he is very talented. He could work on any show he wants, but he loves working on this show because it's like completely different every day. Every day, it's like a completely new show because we're in a brand new location. You're not going to the same set every day. We're in like a brand new place that we're taking over and hiding cameras. We're working with, instead of the same actors, you know, it's the four, same four guys, but the other people are just complete strangers. So every day you're, you know, on the edge of your seat to see what's going to happen. And that's why I like it so much. That's awesome. That's a very honest and like sincere answer. I appreciate that. Um, well, do you want to throw any social media for anybody to follow you on or contact you in any way? Like, uh, like uh, before we get on here, man, like, uh, or yeah, I, th I'm, I think I'm just at Casey Jost on all social media. I, I think I mostly use Instagram at this point, but who knows? I mean, if someone's listening to this in two years and Instagram's not around, follow me on blip blop. I don't know what's going to be around then, but, um, yeah, that's it. This episode is sponsored by Java Trading. Ruby Good Coffee, ethically sourced, established in 1968. Um, go to java-trading.com, link in the description, and get yourself some coffee while you listen to this episode.